0: Well, I'm excited to be here today. I hope you all are excited. (laughs) Thank you all for fasting and praying this week for those who have. And for praying and and just seeking God. And I hope that and trust that God has been doing some awesome things for you. And and just blessing you. You know, a lot of times God does what he's doing and he starts weeding things out and stripping us. and, And that's just what God does. I thank God for that. I thank God for Octavia being in the house and God taking her through surgery and bringing her back and keeping her. And you know, our God is faithful. He's faithful. And uh, I thank God for healing Teresa and got her walking around. And she was going through some battles, but you know what? God is faithful. He's faithful, and all of you who's been going through some things, and I may or may not know about it, I thank God because you're here today, and you're yet standing, and God's in control. Praise God, and I thank you all for holding the front line. Those of you that's on the front line, and we never say thank you. You intercessors that's battling all the time, and you take those hits, and your body gets bruised, and we never say thank you for holding the line. Today, I want to say thank you. I praise God for you because without you, Lifespring would not be standing. Just got to tell you. Because this church was started on prayer. This church will stand on prayer. And this church will complete on prayer until Jesus come and take us home. We get hit quite a bit, but you know what? That's okay. Because as long as we're standing on God's word and we're standing on prayer, the devil cannot take us out. Now, you say, why is she dressed like this? Because when we go to battle, we got to prepare. Mentally, physically, and all that and above. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Today, our title is Battle Ready. I would like to share a few definitions with you. Now, look, it's going to be out the box. You know I'm a little out the box. I trust the Holy Spirit. I'm going to do what the Holy Spirit tells me to do. So just bear with me. Roll with me. Tie a bandana on if you got one. If you want to. or Whatever you got to do. Let's roll. Because one thing I cannot stand is the enemy kicking your behinds. And so when the enemy starts kicking your behind, then we got to up our warfare so that we can switch gears and start giving it back to the enemy. Now, any, all the women that, that roll, I shouldn't say roll, that's probably not proper terminology, but I'm going to say all the women that roll, in life spring know that you got to shift switch do what you got to do to handle your business that means sometimes you got to do the ugly cry sometimes you got to just get right down in the nitty-gritty and deal with it. it we love to look cute i'm all about cute i'm all about dressing. i'm all about that but sometimes you got to roll up your pants or whatever you got and get right down in the dirt and get dirty okay that's that time The battle is not just going to go away. And some of these battles are lasting a long time. And some of you are getting weary. So we got to change some strategies. Amen? Amen? All right. I would like to share a few definitions with you before we begin the text. I plan to discuss with you the difference between a war and a battle. A war is defined as to be in conflict or in a state of strong opposition, the temptation worn with his conscience. A battle is defined as give, do battle, to enter into conflict, fight. He was ready to do battle for his beliefs. A territory is defined as an assigned area. Now, I'm reading up here without my glasses. God is good, because normally I can't read something without my glasses. Hallelujah for the Holy Spirit. I got so, you got those definitions? So, having said that, I keep dropping this, so this isn't working, Mary. So let's just put it in our pocket. It's a distraction. So having said those definitions, you know the difference between a battle, a war, correct? Yes. So the next time you enter one, you want to analyze what is it? Is it a battle or is it a war? And then you want to analyze the territory, what area is assigned. Got it? Let's begin our text. Our text will be coming from Luke chapter 8, 22 through 39. Now listen, you've heard this story a million times, but I want you to listen with new ears. And I want you to ask your spirit, the Holy Spirit, not your spirit, because your spirit might not be in line with God. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to minister to you. Let me know when you have it. You can say amen. Beginning at verse 22. One of those days he and his disciples got into a boat and he said to them, let us go across to the other side of the lake. So they put out to sea, but as they were sailing, he fell off to sleep and a whirlwind revolving from below upwards swept down on the lake, and the boat was filling with water, and they were in great danger. And the disciples came and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. And he, being thoroughly awakened, censored and blamed and rebuked the wind and the raging waves and they ceased. And there came a calm and he said to them, why are you so fearful? Where is your faith, your trust, your confidence in me, in my vicinity and my integrity? And they were seized with alarm and profound and reverent dread. And they marveled saying to one another, Who then is this that he commands even when and see? And they obey him. Then they came to the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. Now when Jesus stepped out on land, there met him a certain man out of the town who had was possessed by demons. For a long time he had worn no clothes. And he lived not in a house, but in the tombs. And when he saw Jesus, he raised a deep, terrible cry from the depths of his throat and fell down before him in terror and shouted loudly, What have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? You to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God, what have we in common? I beg you, do not torment me. Huh. For Jesus was already commanding the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many times it had snatched and held him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and fetters. But he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the wilderness desert. Jesus then asked him, what is your name? And he answered, legion, for many demons had entered him. And they begged Jesus not to command them to depart into the abyss, the bottomless pit. Now a great herd of swine was there feeding on the hillside, and the demons begged him to give them leave to enter these, and he allowed them to do so. Then the demons came out of the man and entered into the swine, and the herd rushed down the steep cliff into the lake and were drowned. When the herdsmen saw what had happened, they ran away and told it in the town and in the country. And people went out to see what had occurred. And they came to Jesus and found the man from whom demons had gone out. Sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed in his right sound mind. And there were seas with alarm and fear. And those also who had seen it told them how he, who had been possessed with demons, was restored to health. Then all the people of the country surrounding Gerasene district asked Jesus to depart from them, for they were possessed and suffering with dread and terror. So he entered a boat and returned to the west side of the Sea of Galilee. But the man from whom the demons had gone out kept begging and praying that he might accompany him and be with him. But Jesus sent him away saying, return to your home and recount the story of how many and great things God had done for you. And the man departed proclaiming throughout the whole city how much Jesus had done for him. Summarize this story. Jesus battled the storm. I mean, excuse me, the disciple battled the storm, but they weren't, huh, but they weren't battle ready, so they would have failed without the power of Christ working for them. They awoke, they awoke Christ because they were scared. They didn't have the Holy Spirit. They didn't even know who was on the boat with them. When they saw the wind, they saw the storm, they saw the seas, they immediately were just frightened. They did not know who had they had in their midst. They had Jesus. So they in Christ, he woke up and he calmed the wind and the seas and he said to them, why are you fearful? Why don't you trust me? Where's your faith? They had the man, Jesus himself, that was in man form. They had a body and they did not even know who they had. They even said, who is this man that calms the sea and the wind? Could you imagine having Jesus right there? Could you imagine being able to call on him any time you want to? You can. He's here every single day. Every minute of the day, why don't we? Why are we afraid? Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, commanded the storm and set the demons to flight. When he got to that land on the other side, the demon ran up. The man possessed ran to him, and the demon, the man that was possessed with the demon, knew who he was. When his own disciples did not know him. How does a man possessed by a demon know Jesus, the Most High God, and his disciples do not? And they spent time with him. But here's a possessed man that's tormented, living in a cemetery in tombs, no clothes. The devil's handing him, giving him the business twenty-four seven, tormenting him. But when Jesus to that land. He didn't walk, he ran to Jesus and said, whoa, 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 what business do you have with me? Hey, why are you coming over here to torment me? Now this is a man that's been tormented, but he's asking Jesus, what business do you have with me? Hey, I would have been saying, Jesus, come help me. We do not know who we serve. So as I read that passage, I was like, huh, why didn't Jesus just cast him into the pit? Why didn't he give him a choice of going to the swine? I called my mother-in-law, hoping my father-in-law. I talked to my husband. I talked to my son. I'm like, hey, tell me why, did, why he let him go into the pigs. Why give him mercy? I wouldn't give the devil no mercy. I don't believe in getting the devil no mercy. But then my husband explained to me that the pigs was a big commodity because the pigs were sold by the Gentiles. That's a whole lot of money going off the cliff. When you want to hurt somebody, you get it in their pocketbook. Hello. That's a whole lot of money screaming going off the cliff. That when Jesus does something, he gets your attention. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The Gentiles ain't going to forget all of them, but could you imagine? He said, How, what's your name? He said, Legion, There's a whole lot of us. Oh, yeah. I could imagine it was a whole lot of pigs Legion went off in. Hello, and they all went crazy and just off the cliff. I bet them Gentiles said, whoa, 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 that's a lot of money. And then I was like, my second question was like, well, why do they want Jesus to leave? This man been tormented. You probably want to keep Jesus around. It said they were scared, they were feared, there was terror. It was like too much happened to Jesus. You got to go. You messing with our livelihood. You just, you just erupted the land. We don't know what to do with you. You are too much. How many of us tell Jesus he got to go? You are upsetting my lifestyle. Jesus, you got to leave for a while. Come back when I can handle you. Come Come on now. Battle ready. How do I become battle ready? First point. To be battle ready, you must first know and follow your commander-in-chief. Why is this significant? To know brings trust, authority, power, knowledge, and identity. You can't serve somebody you don't trust. You don't have identity if you don't know who you serve or who you are or where you came from. You don't know your DNA, you don't know your identity. You don't know the power that you possess. You don't know knowledge, you don't know any of this stuff. You definitely can't walk in your authority. That's why it's significant. If you are not serving Jesus Christ as your commander-in-chief, here are some things that give demonic powers, legal and biblical grounds to remaining in your life and wreak havoc. Battlefield of the mind, soul ties, domination, mind control, tragedies, accidents, Trauma, sin, pride, passivity, ungodly soul ties, fear, occultism, curses, embarrassment, unbelief, lack of desire, unforgiveness, lack of knowledge. See, some of us has entered into battles and wars we had no business going into. And some of us have entered into them because we've been disobedient, not listening to the Holy Spirit. He said, hey, cut that friendship off. Those are the wrong people to hang around. And we said, no, but we like them. They're my friends. Holy Spirit said, they're not good for you. No, no, they're my friends. Holy Spirit says, stop your mouth. You're saying the wrong words. You're putting word curses on yourself. Oh, no, I, I, no, this is, this is what I say. In the Holy Spirit says, watch your mouth, watch your mouth. You have what you say you have. Oh, no, you keep calling it in, calling it in, calling it in. And then you look up, and that's exactly what you have. You gave the enemy ground. I'm in financial trouble. I don't have no money. I don't have no money. Next thing you know, you can't pay your bills. You say, well, how come I can't pay my bills? You call that in for years. That's why you can't pay your bills. Instead of saying, I have more than enough. God will supply my needs. I don't know how you're going to do it, God, but you're going to supply my needs. I'm going to do every single thing I'm supposed to do, and I'm going to trust that you're going to do the extra. Instead, we said, God, I don't have no money. I don't even got five cents. Guess what? You ain't even got four cents because you, you know that one cent you done <laughs> lost somewhere. Do you see what I'm saying? Be careful what we say. It's life and death is in the power of the tongue, then what we say we have. Sometimes we create battles. We got battles that we had no business being in. And he told us how to avoid things. We have a blueprint, the Bible. He clearly said it, but go back. If we do not know our commander in chief, we don't know how to follow the blueprint. And we don't trust him. We go back to the disciples in the boat. And he, he's sleeping, and we out there doing all kind of crazy stuff and freaking out and tripping out and, and saying, Oh, God, help me, help me. He said, why, why are you waking me up? Why are you waking me up? Why are you praying, asking me to do something that I gave you knowledge, the book, the Holy I even left the Holy Spirit to tell you, Why are you praying, asking me to do something that you can do yourself? Because I gave you power. Why are you praying? And people say, God ain't answering my prayer. Well, why should he? He gave you the power to do what he told you you could do. If you got the power. Okay. I, I Okay, God. I hear, I hear you. I hear you. If the Holy Spirit gives me the same power. Hmm. If the Holy Spirit that's in me gave me the power to do what he told me I could do, why am I going to go and say, God, can you do this? If the Holy Spirit tells me I can go pray for Barbara and she can be healed, if if the Holy Spirit leads me to go pray for her for a healing... I'm not going to go say, uh, Gloria, can you pray for her because God told me to pray for her, but can you pray to God and ask God to do it? God didn't tell me to pray to him to ask him to do it. He directly, the Holy Spirit said, no, you go lay hands and pray for that person. And if I believe my commander-in-chief, and I believe that I got the power that he gave me to do what he said I can do, then I'm going to step out in obedience and go do it. Now, I might look crazy as crazy can be, but I'm going to step out, and I'm going to go do it, and hey, it's on God. It ain't on me. But he's not a man that he should lie. So I don't have to defend it to anybody. I just got to step out on faith. Because guess what? I know who he is. I don't have to think about it. I don't have to ask. Ladina, do you know Jesus? Uh, Does he have a good track track record? Do you think he'll do it if I trust him? No. I got a track record with Jesus, he healed my children then when they were sick. When I had but four cents after we got payday, he paid my bills. When I didn't have any food in my house, guess what? He sent groceries to feed my family for two weeks. When we didn't have gas in the tank, guess what? He took us to church and then somebody filled my gas tank to last to the next payday. You see what I'm saying? I don't have to ask anybody about what Jesus does or will do. Because I'm not living on my mom and dad's testimony. I'm living on my testimony. See, you can't tell what you haven't had. And then we got to stop whining about the battles and the wars that we have went through because he's taking you through it so you have something to tell. Sarah and Zach, you went through this fire, you going through this fire, but guess what? It's a test for a testimony because somebody else is going to go through it and they're going to be able to say what the goodness of God was for them, how God provided, and guess what? I believe they're going to have exceedingly and abundantly more than what they ever had before. We just got to stop whining and complaining. We whine our blessings away sometimes. We, sometimes we can't take nothing. I think sometimes this world unconditioned us to be some wimps. Stop being wimps. We got to toughen up. I know Greg's the sweet one. I'm the sweet too. But bottom line, toughen up. <laughs> toughen up. We've got to be able to handle, Mike, I don't want to look at Mike. (laughs) Mike always got that look. I'm like, okay, Mike, it's all good. (laughs) But we have to be able to handle some things. God didn't call you to be a wimpy army. He called you to be some soldiers with some backbones to be able to take the enemy out. Because you know why? He's trying to take you out every single day. He's coming after our families, people. He's coming after our children. He's coming after our next generations. If we don't stand, they're gone. Somebody stood for you, you've got to stand for the next generation. Now that's enough. I'm going to give you some word. Let's, let's look at the word because you don't know who you serve. You've got to understand who you serve. Whew. But when we are in Christ, the Holy Spirit is your commander in chief from whom Jesus left to care for us. You have nothing to fear because his power is in you to overcome. The second point the word of God is the primary offensive weapon we need to take into battle. Isaiah 55 and 11. Speak God's word. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth it shall not return to be it shall not return to me void without producing any effect useless but it shall accomplish that which I please and purpose. And it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. John 1, 1 through 5. In the beginning, before all time, was the word Christ. And the word was with God. And the word was God himself. He was present originally with God. All things were made and came in existence through him. And without him was not even one thing made that has come into being. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shines on in darkness. For in darkness has never, never overpowered it put it out or absorbed it, or appropriate it, is unreceptive to it. John 1, 12 through 13, but to as many as did receive and welcome him, he gave the authority, power, privilege, right to become the children of God, that is, to those who believe in, adhere to, trust in, and rely on his name. Who owe their birth neither to blood nor to the will of flesh, that of physical impulse, nor to the will of man, that of a natural father, but to God. They are born of God. John sixteen seven. However, I am telling you nothing but the truth when I say it is profitable, good, expediently, advantageous for you that I go away because if I do not go away, the comforter, counselor, helper, advocate, intercessor, strengthener, standby will not come to you into close fellowship with you. But if I go away, I will send him to you to be in close fellowship with you. Third point. In battle, sometimes you have to just hold. I'm going to say that again. In battle, sometimes you have to just hold until the commander, the Holy Spirit, says now. Nate. Several different figures. Some wanted to go right now. Like, let's just get them. Some's like, one old dude is like, why are we giving them the business? We are all at different stages. When do we know the move? When the Holy Spirit tells us to. That's why we have to know our commander in chief. Sometimes we have to just hold. You know, this morning, I talked to a friend. And I kept saying, wow, God, we do not understand sometime about holding. And I said, we're all at different points of holding. And then the Holy Spirit had a friend of mine call. And she said to me, she said, I have my daughter here with me. Well, let me tell you a little bit about that story of her daughter. She gave her daughter up 47 years ago. 47 years ago for adoption. And she's been searching for her daughter for 47 years. And she's been praying 47 years to find her daughter. And when she called me this morning, she says, my daughter's here with me. She's been praying. Did you get that? 47 years years to find her daughter and i said how she said and it's like she's like she says palzetta is like looking at myself now she's a prayer warrior intercessor let me tell you this woman goes to the mouth and she says i've been praying 47 years to find my daughter and she's in my house, and we've been talking and just hugging each other and loving each other. She said, I didn't know if I would find her. She said, she said do you remember Mother um, Ash from Fairbanks? You remember Mother Ash, Greg, from Fairbanks? She said, she told me, and she's one of those mothers in Fairbanks, and she said, Mother Ash told me, baby, you keep praying, and you just keep praying, you just keep praying, And thanking God. You just keep praying no matter what it looks like. You just keep praying. You just keep praying. And as you pray, you just keep thanking God for answering your prayers. 47 years. She kept praying. Asking God to help her find her daughter that she gave up for adoption. She had no clue where her daughter was. This was back in Alabama years and years ago. No clue. 47 years. She kept praying and thanking God. She said, I just kept praying because I remember what Mother Ash said. She says, I would just pray and say, thank you, Lord. Because one day you're going to let me see my daughter. Thank you, Lord. One day you're going to let me see my daughter. 47 years. And this week, her daughter came to meet her. They hugged each other. She said, we just been sweet fellowship. And she said, my daughter said, what do you want me to call you? She said her name because your adoptive mother raised you. And she said, this week, I'm going to send her adoptive mother a card because it's her birthday because she took care of my child. How long do you have to hold? There's no time limit. How long is too long? There's no time limit. Don't be anxious for nothing. Don't be anxious. If you hold your ground, hold your ground, My mother-in-law told me years ago, do all things without murmuring and complaining. She said, God, I'll honor you for that. She'll honor you for that. Now, let me tell you, I told you a long time ago, I can go to 10,000 real quick. And I have to remember what my mother-in-law said. Because, hey, I'm with the best of my can complain. But I have to remember and bring self into subjection. I'd love to tell you I'm perfect, but that ain't the truth. And none of you all are either. Because we like to whine, complain, trip out with the best of them. But we're not going to win no battles that way. So we have to bring ourselves under true subjection. Or we're going to find ourselves in some battles that we don't want to be in. Amen? 47 years. How many of you have been in some battles for 47 years? Raise your hand. You've been in battles 47 years? Hold on then, sister. Hold on. I believe your victory is coming. If you hold on. Amen. I have some scriptures that I was going to read over you, but the Holy Spirit said for you to take them and read over yourselves this week. You got to put some skin in the game sometime. Amen. Amen. We're going to have prayer, but before we have prayer, there is a song. I'm going to have prayer with you, and he's changing up a couple things, and one of the things is, you know what? I gave you three points, right? These are the scriptures here I want you to take and write down, and I want you to read them over yourselves, and they're things to remind you about what God says. And I want you to search this week more things about what God says or who God says you are. See, we allow the enemy to take too much from us. Hold your ground. Stop letting him talk you out of who you are. He talks you out of it because you don't know who you are. You don't know your identity. If you truly, truly, truly know who you were or who you are, you would not be so easily persuaded. We would not be so easily persuaded. Can I walk in your house? Mike, can I walk in your house and just take it over? Are you sure? I'm pretty sure my wife Well, that's how we need to be when Satan comes. You see that attitude? That's what we need to have when Satan comes. We shouldn't be pretty sure. We should be doggone sure. I can tell you, you ain't walking in my house and take it over. There ain't no pretty in it. I'm, I'm 100% sure that ain't going to happen. Gloria, do, can we walk in your house and just take it down? No. Well, guess what? Why do we allow the enemy to come into this house, this house, and take it down? See, you don't listen to me. This house, right here, right here, the temple. Why do we allow the enemy to take it down? That physical house we have, you can build another one. This one here is going to heaven. Why do you allow the enemy to take it down? Why? What are you fearing? You have power. Do you know who you are? Are you sure? To be battle ready. I gave you three points. That's just the tip of the iceberg. You're not going to know who you are until you become intimate with Christ. And you know your chief, your commander in chief. You got to know him like you know the back of your hand. When you got to know. And let me tell you something. Jesus left, but they sent the Holy Spirit back. The Holy Spirit will guide you, direct you, teach you, train you. He'll tell you not to go left. He'll tell you when to go right. He'll tell you when to go straight. He'll say, stop it. He'll tell you, go. He'll tell you, ah, walk out of that. He'll tell you, take that job, move to that neighborhood, move to that state. Are you listening? God's always speaking. Are you listening? He'll tell you, stop watching that. Don't watch that on TV. It's desensitizing you. Are you listening? He'll say, trust me here. Don't do that. Do this. Are you listening? Some battles, God didn't put you in them. You put yourselves in them. That's why you're not out. But you're praying and asking God to help you. Help me, Lord, help me. God said, you got in, you get out. (laughs) I ain't tell you to go there. You put yourselves in, you get yourselves out. I gave you power. How do we get out what we wasn't supposed to get in? We go back and say, God, I'm sorry. I repent. And then you step out of it. And you don't go back. This ain't rocket science. This is common sense. We make things hard. This is common sense. How many got common sense in here? Use it. Use it. We want to be deep. Something's just basic training. Basic training. Amen?